I'm going to say it again boldly. Let me say it like a lion today. I'm going to preach like a lion. Jesus is going to break bondages today. He's going to break chains today. He's going to change families today. He's going to change lineages today. I feel like roaring today because your family, your bloodline, your children are in the balance. The title of my message is Bondage Breaker. Jesus is the bondage breaker. I am passionate about seeing people free. Because we live in a world where, I'm telling you, everybody pushes a whole different agenda. They almost celebrate bondage. We have a world that celebrates being in bondage. And that is sad. Because my Jesus died on the cross so you could be free. Galatians 5 verse 1 reads like this. Stand fast, therefore, in the liberty by which Christ has made us free. And do not be entangled again with a yoke of bondage. Jesus sets people free. This almost seems elementary. But in the world we live in, even with Christians, this needs to be explained. Jesus sets people free. I'm going to say it again. Jesus sets people free. Jesus doesn't put people in bondage. He breaks chains. The enemy puts you in bondage. The enemy puts you in chains. Because he does not want you to fulfill the call of God on your life. He doesn't want you to walk in your purpose or destiny. Jesus is a chain breaker. And tonight at the, or today at the end of the service, I'm going to pray for anyone that is in bondage. I don't care if it's just one person, they're getting set free today in the name of Jesus. Let me just read this. Bondage is the state of being a slave. That is the definition. The state of being a slave. And what happens with bondage, it produces a cycle in our life. As we were studying the Feast of Purim this week, God has a calendar. God's a God of cycles. God sets up appointed times for certain things. God is a God of cycles. God is a God, he has his timetable. What's amazing about God, he can work outside of our timetable. I love that about God. God has a calendar. And what happens is, Bondage puts you in a cycle that is so bad. And it's hard to break that cycle. Cycle, the definition is, is a series of events that are regularly repeated in the same order. Now, let me just speak to some people maybe that have been set free. That remember what it was like to be in bondage. The, the cycle was horrible. You know, you would try to do good and then not. You would try to do the right thing, then not. You would do this, and then it wouldn't work. It was a never-ending cycle. See, Jesus is going to break some cycles today. I'm going to say it again. Jesus is going to break some unhealthy cycles today. 
He's going to break some sin cycles. He's going to break some bondage cycles. He's going to snap that cycle right in half in the name of Jesus. As you get in these cycles, you feel hopeless. You feel like there's no way out. And what's amazing about God is he is the God of hope. Christ in us is the hope of glory. I'm grateful that we still have hope in Jesus. When the world is all messed up, we have hope in Jesus. Now, if you know me, I got to preach the truth. And I know, you know, people leave the church for that, but it doesn't really bother me. I will always preach the truth. See, I think we need it more than ever. Because I think people don't even know the truth anymore. And it disturbs me that there's so little of us preachers left that will stand up and preach the truth. That's why I'm grateful for the pastors here. They will preach the truth whether you like them or not. I was talking to a young pastor last night, and he says, you know, what happens when you feel like you don't preach a good message? What happens when you feel like, you know, you didn't, it, the message didn't connect? And I said, look, I don't preach for the people. That, you may say, that's strange. I don't preach for you. I preach, I'm just, a, see, when God says it, I just repeat what God says. When God tells me to tell you something, I just repeat it. And then it's the Holy Spirit's job to begin to minister through my words into your heart, into your spirits. And so I said, I don't preach for the people's claps, even though I'm an audience participation preacher. But I, if they don't clap, it don't matter. As long as God tells me what to say and I say it. I don't preach for the applauses because if God says to say, you're not always going to get the applauses. You're not always going to be liked. I tell people, if you want to be liked, sell ice cream. Everybody likes the ice cream man. Can I get a loud amen? When he comes down your street ringing the bell, everybody runs out. Come on. Not just kids. Can I get a loud amen? I've seen you. I've seen some of you on my block. Can I get a loud amen? When the ice cream guy comes, everybody likes him. But if you want to be a leader in the kingdom of God, you're not always going to be liked. But you got to stand up for righteousness. See, we don't preach for people. We preach to people a word that God gives. And we deliver God's word. And I'm grateful for all of our pastors that do that. Can I get a loud amen? And I am disturbed where the world is. And I'm concerned for the next generation. And I have a burden. That's why we do these more services. You might say, well, it was strange. Our kids were in a prayer service last night. I want our kids in a prayer service. You may say, well, how do they understand what's happening? See, you talk to all the old-time preachers. They were dragged to a prayer service by their mama years ago, and it changed everything in their life. We need to get back to our kids, dragging them to a prayer service. They might not understand, let me say, they might not understand everything, but the anointing gets on their life. They might not get everything with their mind, 
but their spirit is catching something. That's why we do it. So they can see it. See Pentecost. See what it's like to stand up for righteousness. You know, I found out this week, and, and I want to stand up right in the face of the enemy and say a lie is a lie. I, I, I think Vanessa has the picture. They named some women of the year. And this is a man, and he's been named one of the women of the year. He's the Assistant Secretary of Health and Human Services, Rachel Levine, a biological man. We live in a world that right is wrong and wrong is right. And I'm I hate sin. I hate bondage. I hate I hate when people are enslaved. Jesus has come to set the captives free. I'm here to tell you, we have to stand up. We have to be the church. Someone was telling me today their child goes to a high school in the area and the homecoming king it was like a six foot something football player and the homecoming queen was a young boy dressed like a woman this is what our kids are growing up in this is the reality of the situation but I still believe with everything in me that Jesus breaks chains that Jesus delivers, that he sets the captive free, that he moves on the hearts of men and women. I still believe the truth is the truth. And I believe the truth is only found in one place and that is the word of the living God. Sin is sin. And but Jesus can set you free. There's a message of hope throughout the word. Jesus can set you free. No matter what's holding you back, Jesus can set you free. Now let me just give you a few stories. John chapter 5, starting at verse 1. After this, there was a feast of the Jews, and Jesus went up to Jerusalem. Now there is in Jerusalem by the sheep gate a pool, which is called in Hebrew Bethesda, having five porches. I mean, five is the number of grace. Don't we need grace? We need God's grace more than ever. In these lay a great multitude of sick people, blind, lame, paralyzed, waiting for the moving of the water. For an angel went down at a certain time into the pool and stirred up the water. Then whoever stepped in first after the stirring of the water was made well of whatever disease he had. Now a certain man was there for, who had an infirmity for 38 years. When Jesus saw him lying there and knew that he already had been in that condition a long time, he said to him, do you want to be made well? The sick man answered and said, sir, I have no man to put me into the pool when the water is stirred up. But while I'm coming, another steps down before me. Stop there. I want you to understand something. There was a man that was in this condition. This, this was a bondage. He needed someone to 
dress him. He needs someone to help him to the bathroom. He was in a terrible position. He needed free. And I mean, oh, Jesus can heal people and set them free right now in the name of Jesus. He was in bondage. He couldn't do anything without someone else's help. For 38 years. Now, I preached on this, I can't tell you how many times. And I'm going to preach on some different stories as well through the Bible here. But 38 years is close to four decades. You can get used. You can get very familiar with being in bondage. Your bondage can become the norm. And you don't even know it. You weren't meant to live that way, and it becomes the norm for your life. It becomes the regular thing you do. And what happens is this. There's healing and deliverance in the room. And what's amazing about this story, Jesus walks right up to him. Do you want to be made well? The man does not say yes. He makes an excuse. I have no one to push me in, to take me in when the waters begin to serve. And when I do, someone jumps in before me. I have no one to put me in the pool. I have no one to help me. I have no one. And then when I do, someone else already goes in. The Holy Spirit spoke this to me Friday. Excuses empower bondage. Excuses empower bondage. Every time you make an excuse, it empowers your bondage. Every time you say, well, I should have uh, this, that. Let me just break some down to you because I'm going to be real. I was born that way. That's how I feel. That empowers your bondage. There's power. There's life and death in the power of your tongue. There's life and death in the power of your tongue. You can empower your bondage by the words you say, by the excuses you make. Every excuse that you say, I can't do something, empowers your bondage. Every excuse you say, God can't do it, empowers your bondage. Every time you say, well, this ain't for me. No, I feel a little different. Nah, it empowers your bondage. And so many people in today's world have empowered their bondage that it started off something small. Now it's grown so much, you don't know how to get out. And you don't know which way to go. You don't know to go left or right. You just think this is normal. And it started off small. See, bondage always starts off small. Sin starts off small. A little compromise leads to more. Feelings can trick you. Feelings can deceive you. I've never seen so many Christians led by their feelings and not led by the word. I preach this all the time. You have to be led by the word. I don't care how you feel in the morning. Come on, somebody. You got to be led by the word. Your feelings will lie to you. I've met grown men that are led by their feelings. I mean, men, when you look at them, they're men. They need to pick up a Bible 
That's why it's so important. You got to get in your Bible and not be led by your feelings. Boo-boo, come on. Wake up. Wake up, boo-boo. This ain't about your feelings today. If God says it, God will do it. If God sets people free, he sets people free. If he heals, he heals. If he delivers, he delivers. He's not a man that he should lie. He is the God of heaven and earth. Your excuses empower your bondage. And right now, lift your hands. I break every excuse off your life. I break every excuse off your life. Stop giving God excuses. Start saying yes to Jesus. In Jesus' name. Now, I want to look at another story. Let's go to, right now, let's go to Mark. Uh, let's go to Mark chapter 5. Now, a certain woman had a flow of blood for 12 years and suffered many things from many physicians. She had spent all that she had and was no better, but rather grew worse. Let me just stop there. You know when you spend all your money, it's bad. When you are trying to get healed, when you're trying to get when you're trying to get out of something, when you're trying to get delivered, when you're trying to get set free, when you spend all your money, you're desperate. Because I was always taught when I was young, have a little savings. Save a little something. I don't know, you know, if you had a mama like that, my mama would make me have a piggy bank. Come on, somebody. But as young, I, I was never good at the piggy bank. I would always get in there and get the quarters. Come on, somebody. And I know we're definitely going through some piggy banks here at church with that new soda machines out there. And I see everybody out there going through them. Come on, somebody. Can I get a loud amen? Now, I want you to understand this. When you spend everything, you are desperate. You're desperate. This woman was desperate. Verse 27. When she heard about Jesus... She came behind him in the crowd and touched his garment. For she said, if I only may touch his clothes, I shall be made well. Immediately. Oh, I could preach a whole. I could preach ten sermons on the word immediately. We serve an immediate God. Let me say it again. That's the worst hand clap I've ever heard for Jesus. got to say this. I, I'm so excited. I know after uh, service day, there's a, a youth meeting in the lower classroom about the kids going to uh, uh, youth summer camp, youth camp. I don't know what the right word is. Summer camp, youth camp. Is it in the summer? So I'm going to call it youth summer camp. Come on, somebody. I found it interesting, though. They're doing these uh, raffles. I don't know if anybody saw it online. There's a little raffle. They were raffling, uh, what was the first thing? An air fryer? Not sure what that is, but it's some kind of object that fries things in the air, I guess. Uh, I'm not an appliance salesman by any stretch of the imagination, so I, I preach the gospel. I don't know what an air fryer is. Uh, 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 
So it's interesting. They had a raffle. And where's Eliana? Eliana did a little, what was that? It was like a spin thing on the phone. And it's interesting. Pastor Joey kind of headed up the raffle. Eliana did the spin. Is it like a spin thing and then someone has a number? So let me just make sure you get it. There's a thing on her iPhone, it spins, and then it gets the number, and then whoever's name is on that number, the raffle wins. I found it interesting. Pastor Shalom won. Don't applause yet. Then Eliana's singing on the worship team today. And then I think Joey was on the worship team last night. I was like, oh, I wonder what's going on here. Now, if Shalom wins the Disney tickets, I think they're doing that next. I'm stepping in, and we're stopping these raffles in the name of Jesus. Can I get a loud amen? So I told Shalom about it. I said, Shalom, what's up with this? You know what he told me? He said, favor ain't fair. Ain't that the truth? Come on, somebody. If you have the favor of God, raise your hand right now. Say, I'm walking in God's favor. If you want to win those Disney tickets, raise your hand. I'm going to pray for you right now. Let me tell you, Pastor Brian doesn't want to. I do not like going to Disney. This has nothing to do with my message, but I hate the lines. I hate it all. Come on, somebody. That's neither here nor there. So if you ever want to take me to Disney, I don't want to go. Come on. All right. This woman had a problem for 12 years. 12 years. She gave all her money for a cure to be healed. And nothing worked. Nothing. And she heard about Jesus. And she said, if I could just touch his clothes. I don't even got to touch him. If I could just touch his clothes. That's why tonight, if you have a loved one, maybe it's in the hospital, we're going to send you with a prayer cloth to give to them. Because the anointing is tangible and transferable. Just like in Acts 19. I want you to understand this. She said, if I could just touch it. If I could just touch his clothes, the hem of his garment, I'll be made well. See, this woman began to talk to herself. She began to speak some things. And see, there's breakthrough with Jesus. We run, let me just say this. We run to everything but Jesus. I've seen Christians and I've seen, now I don't blame unbelievers to run to everything else. But I've seen, let me talk to Christians. I've seen Christians run to psychics. I've seen Christians run to everything but Jesus. And actually when they need a breakthrough, when they need a miracle, when they need delivered, they run away from God. One thing I learned from this woman is when you're in a situation and you have exhausted everything else, you better run to Jesus. 
you better run after him with everything you got. When God set me free, I ran to Jesus. I tried everything else and nothing worked. But one touch from God, me just grabbing the hem of his garment changed my life forever. You got to learn, if you want to walk in breakthrough, if you want to walk in victory, if you want to walk in the supernatural power of God, look, stop the excuses. Stop them. But then you have to be aggressive. Let me say it again. You got to be aggressive. Now, I know that's a dirty word nowadays, ag aggressive. That's like almost like a football word, almost like an athletic word now. See, aggressive is not a bad thing. That means you're hungry for something. You know that is the answer. We have so many people that come to Jesus. I'll use the word flip it. They'll just come. Mm, if it works, cool. If it don't, cool. Uh, maybe I'll go today. Maybe I won't. Uh, maybe I'll, maybe, maybe not. If that woman had that attitude, she wouldn't have got a breakthrough. If you want a breakthrough in your life, you can't be passive. You got to be aggressive. You have to go after it. You have to go after it with everything you have. You gotta, you gotta say, man, I'm gonna be at church when it opens. I'm gonna be at church. I'm getting prayer every, I'm getting prayer every Sunday morning. I'm getting prayer every Sunday night. I'm getting prayer every Wednesday night. I'm gonna be at the altars. Oh, but what will people think about you? I don't care what people think about you. I need a breakthrough. Let me tell you this. When God began to work in my life, I was at the altar years ago every time the altar was open i didn't need an altar call to come i just came i needed breakthrough and i didn't care what the person to the left thought i didn't care what the person to the right thought i stopped caring about what they thought i knew i needed a breakthrough and the only way i was going to get the breakthrough was at the feet of jesus and the only way i was going to get delivered was at the hem of his garment See, I gotta tell someone today, you've been going to all the wrong places. You haven't been aggressive. You need to start getting aggressive and say, God, you're the only solution I have. You're the only answer. Man, I ran to those altars. I created puddles at the altar. I would cry, I would, I would sweat, I would, you name it. I did not, I did not need encouraged to go to the altar. I did not need coaxed to go to the altar. I did not need, I needed breakthrough. And I, I tried everything else and I knew that Jesus was the only one. And I'm telling you, she tried everything. And some of you today have tried everything and it hasn't worked. I'm here to tell you, Jesus still works. Let me say it again. Jesus still works. His hand, his arm is not short, and his ear is not deaf. He still delivers. He still sets free. He still moves supernaturally. He still heals the sick. I'm believing tonight these altars are going to be packed. I believe today we're going to pray for some people that get free and free indeed.
like you ain't going back. Never. See, I want you to understand that here. She was desperate. Lean her neighbor, say desperate. Say it with attitude, say desperate. Man, I'm running to Jesus. It's the craziest thing when we get become a Christian and we start coming to church. See, in the world, most of you didn't care. Let me be real for a minute. You're at the club. Come on, somebody. And you know you weren't a good dancer. Come on, somebody. But somebody told you one day, ah, oh, you can kind of dance. And next thing you know, you think you're on uh, MTV. You know what I mean? You think you're a star on BET. I don't even know if BET exists anymore, MTV. But, and all of a sudden, you come to God. And you're the most, well, he's next to me. I don't really want to, you know, offend him. Do you even know his name? Well, he, you know, he, you know. Oh, you got to be kidding me. You're not getting a breakthrough because you care what someone in your row thinks about you. And most likely, you don't even know their name. That is sad. Now, I know some people in this church that when breakthrough, when Jesus is in the room, they run right to Jesus. See, that, that's how I want to be. And I believe that's how I'm built. When Jesus is there, man, I don't care what you say. I'm running to Jesus. I don't care if I look weird. I don't care if I run weird. I don't care what it looks like. I, I, I'm not here to win a fashion show. I'm running to Jesus. And I want to just touch the hem of his garment because I need a breakthrough in my life. And I don't care what anyone says. I don't care what anybody does. I need Jesus because he's the only one that can break every chain in my life. I've tried everything else and it didn't work. Jesus works. But hey, there's, let me talk to you about some religious folks. Come on, somebody. I break the spirit of religion right now in the name of Jesus. In Mark chapter 10. Now they came to Jericho. As he went out of Jericho with his disciples in a great multitude, blind Bartimaeus, let me just, you know, when we refer to him, we always refer to him as blind Bartimaeus. Amen? You know, he didn't die blind. We should call him healed Bartimaeus. Because he, he didn't die blind. He got healed. But it's amazing how people identify you with your bondage. Amazing how people identify you with what you've been through. Oh, that's such and such. They identify you with your problem and you've been set free for years. You've been delivered for years. I'm here to tell you, if those people keep identifying you by your problem, you know what you need to say? I got a word for you. Jesus delivered me. I'm no longer that way. I've been set free by the blood of the lamb and by the word of my testimony. 
So let me testify what Jesus did. I was once blind, but now I see. I was once lost, but now I'm found. I was once deaf, but now I hear. Verse 47. And when they heard that it was Jesus of Nazareth, he began to cry out saying, Jesus, son of David, have mercy on me. Then many warned him to be quiet. But he cried out all the more, Son of David, have mercy on me. Go back. A religious spirit. I'll tell you a story. I was preaching years ago. Prayed for a young woman that was bound in prostitution. Bound. God instantaneously delivered her of everything. Drug addiction, alcoholism, prostitution. She came to a service the following week. She sat on this side. If I was preaching to my right, I still see it. And she would sit over there. But as soon as service starts, she wouldn't sit. She would just shout and jump. The whole service. Like during worship, shout and jumping. I preach, she would just shout and start jumping. And I had people approach me after the service and said, Hey, Pastor, you know, uh, so and so, the one that was all messed up, can you tell her maybe to keep it down? Can you tell her to be quiet? I'm not your ordinary pastor. A lot of you know that. I wish I was sometimes. I said, no. They said, what? It's, it's, it's bothering us. I said, I don't care. I said, I said, I want you to understand something. Maybe you need to be a little bit like her. need to praise the living God for what he's done in your life. Maybe you need breakthrough. I prayed against every religious spirit to leave that person in the name of Jesus. And I pray right now that I offend religious spirits and they go in the name of Jesus. That girl for the next several years was so loud that we actually had to teach people to be loud with her. Because what I knew, no matter what I said, she was not going to stop praising her Jesus. Because she was bound, addicted, afflicted, and in one moment she touched the hem of his garment and everything changed. You can't stay quiet when that happens. You can't stay politically correct when that happens. You can't stay subdued when that happens. You know, now that girl's married, serving Lord, and has three more children 
that are all in the, serving in the house of God. I ain't staying quiet. I gotta be loud. He's done too much for me. He's done too much for me. It's not an attention-seeking thing. It's just I gotta praise him. If I don't, the rocks will. Now I, I gotta, I gotta get to my point here. Luke chapter thirteen. Now he was teaching in one of the synagogues on the Sabbath, and behold, there was a woman who had a spirit of infirmity eighteen years, and was bent over, and could in no way raise herself up. But when Jesus saw her, he called her to him and said to her, Woman, you are loosed from your infirmity. And he laid his hands on her, and immediately she was made straight and glorified God. Now, there's a woman bent over for 18 years. This is how you see life for 18 years. She was, she couldn't be, she couldn't get straight. 18 years looking down. Looking at the ground. 18 years looking down. I'm grateful today that we get to look up to Jesus. I'm grateful. So grateful. 18 years. This is all she knows. Go to verse 12, please. But when Jesus saw her, he called her to him and said to her, this is powerful. Woman, you are loosed from your infirmity. This is the powerful word that just jumps off at me. Your. It became a part of her. He said, you are loosed from your infirmity. It became a part of her life. Where she began to own it. She owned her bondage. It became her bondage. It was her bondage. And Jesus said, I'm going to loose you from your infirmity. Now, I want you to understand this today. A lot of times when we break that cycle, when we break that chain off people's lives, when we break the bondage off your life, it has become your bondage. The enemy comes to kill, steal, and destroy, but Jesus comes to give life, life abundantly. Amen? The enemy came out to destroy you and planted this bondage into your life. But after that, with your words, with your excuses, it became yours. You own it. And you were never meant to own it. 
It's yours, and you were never meant to own it. Jesus come to give you life and life abundantly. He come to break every chain. He come to snap every shackle. He came to destroy the works of the devil. And I'm here to tell someone today, you may have been walking this way for 18 years. But one touch from Jesus, he can straighten you out in a moment and everything changes. And when everything changes, your perspective's different. Where you're looking is different. How you act is different. But let me tell you this. There is always a moment when you get set free. There's moments that come that where you will want to go back to your bondage. Because it's all you've known for so many years. Because I'm going to tell you a truth. The devil is a liar. Once you're set free, he hates it. He despises it. It makes him so mad. It makes him so angry. He hates you being free. He hates it. See, when you're free, you're free. He hates it. And that's when he likes to come back in the picture and start lying to you. You really think you're free? You were like this for most of your life. Oh, how can you be free? And what you got to say is this. I met a man, he was like no other man. His name is Jesus, he is God of heaven and earth, and he touched my life, devil, and I wanna tell you, I can't go back, I won't go back, I'm never going back, because he broke every chain on my life. I don't care what lie you say, I don't care what you tell me, I don't care what you tell my neighbor, I don't care. I have been set free and I am not going back at all. My head is lifted up, I'm no longer looking down. There's freedom in the house, Jesus in the house, there's victory in the house everything else you need to try Jesus I'm telling you he changes everything he changes everything and I want you to understand this today God's making some crooked places straight in your life God straightened some things out in your life now let's all stand for a moment everybody across this place hallelujah Worship team, come back. The last thing. No excuses. Be aggressive. I'm teaching how breakthrough works. No excuses. Be aggressive. Let it go. Don't pick it up. Once you're set free, don't pick it back up. Let it go. Let it go. Let it go. Let it go. Drop it. Let it go. I'm saying this over and over to get into someone's spirit. Because the Holy Spirit showed me people are going to be free today. But the Holy Spirit also told me to tell the church 
Once you're free, the devil hates it. And he's going to come whispering back in your ear to pick it back up. And you have to let it go forever. I don't care how much it was a part of your life. I don't care how many years you had it. It might have been yours. But once you let it go, once Jesus breaks the chains, you're free indeed. Don't pick it back up. I watched so many people over the years pick it back up. Don't pick it back up. Don't pick it back up. Let it go. Right now, every head bowed, every eye closed. If you need Jesus Christ to be your Savior, there's only one we find salvation in, and that is Jesus. With every head bowed, every eye closed, this is where everything starts in your life. Inviting, accepting Jesus to be the Lord and Savior of your life. Maybe you need to rededicate your life today. Maybe you've never given your life to Jesus. When I count to three, I want you to lift your hand if you need to invite Jesus into your life to be Lord and Savior. If he needs to be number one in your life and he isn't, you say, he's got to be number one because there's no other way to live. If you need to rededicate your life or give your life to Jesus for the first time, lift your hand when I count to three. One, I declare the Holy Spirit is moving in this place and convicting hearts. Two, I declare the chains of the devil are broken off your life. If you need to invite Jesus into your heart to be Lord and Savior or rededicate your life to Jesus, lift your hand now. Three. I see hands. I see hands. Just repeat after me. Say, Jesus, forgive me of my sins. Come in my heart and live. I give you everything. I surrender. I make you first in my life. In Jesus' name, amen. Can we give all those wonderful people a big hand clap? you gave your life to Jesus, I know growth track is happening upstairs today. You need to go up there and find what God has for you. It'll help you walk in your purpose. Anyone that's never done growth track should go after the service up to the upper classroom there and get involved. Serve. But every hand lifted. If you have been in a cycle of bondage, no matter what it is, maybe it's financial, maybe it's an addiction, maybe you just know that you know that you are not where you're supposed to be, and the enemy keeps lying to you, and you keep falling and falling short and falling short and falling short. If that's you today, I want you to just wave at me. Say, I want free today. Just wave. 
wave. Don't be afraid. A lot of people wait. I'm going to pray a corporate prayer. And then after service, I'll be up front here. And anyone that wants prayer for freedom and for the bondages to be broken all through life, I will pray with you personally. But I will only pray with you personally. I hear this. If you promise you won't pick it back up. If you won't pick it back up, I'll pray with you. But if you say, you know what? I don't know if I really want to be free. Let someone else come. I know that's a tough saying. But I'm here to tell you. We have, we have to, we have to, we have to walk this thing out. You got to be ready for your freedom. And if you're ready for your freedom today, wave at me. We're going to break every chain right now. Come on, wave. 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 I see people waving all over. All right. We're going to pray right now corporately, all right? Come on, saints. Let's just begin to pray. If you're free, just begin to pray. Jesus, 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 Jesus. Everyone that wants freedom, lift your hand high. We're breaking cycles right now. That cycle that's been holding you back, we're breaking it right now. We're breaking it right now. Lift your hand if you need that cycle broken. I declare by the power of Jesus Christ, who is the same yesterday, today, and forever, that this cycle of addiction, this cycle of poverty, this cycle, that this bondage that has been holding you back repeatedly over and over and over and over again, is broken right now through the blood and through the name that's above every other name who is jesus christ we declare victory over you we declare freedom over you we declare wholeness over you god has made you whole we declare victory liberty in jesus name right now everyone give jesus a shout of praise I'm going to say it again. Everybody give Jesus a shout of praise. There is freedom in the house today. There's freedom. The worst thing you could do is keep living in this cycle. It is destroying you. It is destroying your family. And it's destroying everyone around you. Today, it's broken. And you know what? We're not picking it back up in the name of Jesus. Come on, give Jesus a shout of praise. Come on, give him a radical shout of praise. If you have the ability to jump, give a little jump and a shout of praise. Come on. Now, 
after Pastor Rob comes up and does, does the announcements and the offering, I'm going to be up here. And I want to pray personally with everyone that wants freedom. And we're, I'm going to pray some personal prayers for you. I'm going to begin to give you prophetic words. And we're going to, we're going to watch you walk in this new season. Can I get a loud amen? All right, come on, give Jesus one more shout of praise. Come on, ushers, make your way down real quick. I'm not going to take too long. We've got the new merch that's out there, so as soon as service is over, you can do that. If you've never been through Growth Track, it'll be in the upstairs classroom. But we are approaching one of the most incredible weekends that the church gets to celebrate every year, and that's Resurrection Weekend. Can I get an Amen where we, we get to celebrate that the tomb is still empty, that salvation is still for today, and we get to celebrate that weekend as a church, and we'll start on Good Friday at our communion service as we celebrate the sacrifice that is still working today. The blood of Jesus still works today. Can I get an amen? And then on Sunday, we're going to unite our 11 a.m. and our 6 p.m. service, and we're going to have one power packed celebrated service at 11 a.m. to lift up the King Jesus. Amen. And all throughout that weekend, we're going to be collecting our resurrection mission seed offering. And, and I remember last year as the testimonies began to pour in, as people put seed in the ground. Last night, pastor said, your seed always goes before you. And as I began to re remember some of the testimonies last year, we heard about couples that became homeowners for the very first time. We heard about businesses that were open that are now flourishing because people put seed in the ground. We, we witnessed eyes being opened and we heard about the deaf hearing and we saw the lame walk because people put seed in the ground ahead of time. And so we're telling you about Resurrection Mission Seed now. So during Resurrection Weekend, you can put seed in the ground to see one more time God do it again in Santa Ana, El Salvador. But this year, I'm showing for creative miracles to happen. I want to see bones grow back. I want to see limbs start to grow back. I want to see mothers come on the platform with their child who doesn't have limbs or, or doesn't have their mind right and watch God create a miracle right before our eyes. I love that when I put seed in the ground for something uh, on the other side of the world, that God can produce fruit right here for my family too. So I'm ready. Are you ready to put some seed in the ground? So Resurrection Mission Seed, don't miss out on that opportunity to sow in the ground because El Salvador shall be saved. And while God is producing fruit over there, we will see God produce fruit from that seed right here. Can I get an amen? And that's above and beyond our tithe. And every service we give you an opportunity to put seed in the ground faithfully because God is faithful. This is what it says in Lamentation chapter 3, verses 22 through 24. It says, the steadfast love of the Lord never ceases. I'm so grateful that no matter what I'm doing, no matter where I'm going, God's steadfast love for me never stops. Just on that fact alone, I want to give back to God. That when I wasn't faithful, when I was unlovable, you still loved me. 
His mercies never come to an end. How many of you know you need mercy every day? They are new every morning. Today's a new morning. So if you didn't think you had something worth living for yesterday, I'm here to tell you that God's mercies are new this morning for you and for your life. Great is your faithfulness. That's one of my favorite things to say about God. Great is your faithfulness. But this is what I want to encourage you as you get ready to give today. The Lord is my portion. You don't have to search anywhere else for anything. If you need breakthrough, you need abundance broken off of your life, you need a financial breakthrough, anything, the Lord is your portion. So you can sow your your tithe today. You can sow your offering today in faith because I'm not your portion. Your neighbor's not your portion. The building's not your portion. Your car's not your portion. There is one who is your portion. His name is the Lord. Amen? So that's why we tithe. That's why we give. Because we we know that our Lord is our portion, says my soul. Therefore, I will hope in Him. I don't put my hope in anything else. And I don't put my hope in anybody else. The Lord is my portion. So today, with a grateful heart, would you help me sow into the kingdom of God with a tithe? Would you help me sow into the kingdom of God with an offering? And let's bless that now. Dear Heavenly Father, we bless the seed that is being sown right now. Bless it, God, so that it can bear much fruit for your kingdom. It can bear much fruit for your name. It can bear much fruit for your glory. Because it all belongs to you, God. So today, we ask that you bless it, and we bless it now. We bless the gift. We bless the giver for your glory. It's in your mighty and powerful name. And the church shouted amen. Come on, the church shouted amen. Hallelujah. Come on. As the ushers go by, as pastor said, he'll be right over here. If you need bondage broken off of your life, don't leave here with that. Come and get some prayer. We'll lay hands. We'll pray with you. God bless you. We'll see you back here tonight for our healing service.